Action. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. About sectional draw was yesterday, too. Lots of stuff. Let's go ahead and get into it with the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, uh, we'll start with a little hoops action here. Purdue women's basketball getting another commit. Mary Ashley Groot. The JNC's Mike Carmen describes her as a versatile post player out of New York joining the family. Congratulations uh, to her. Today, the Jeff Brom press conference. And, uh, I mean... No huge surprises in his recap of that game. Made it clear Cam Allen was on sides despite what Maryland's social media department says. But here is some news here. The depth is going to be tested this Saturday. Tom Deanhart with, uh, this is where I got all the info from here, even though I'm sure it could have gone through the transcript. Uh, Dylan Downing out for an extended period of time. So it's Maccabee and Kobe Lewis because King Daru is not yet back either. That's not great news. Uh, offensive tackle Daniel Johnson, who was just in for Cam Craig, uh, who was done for his career with those back issues. Yeah, he's done for the season now. Charlie Jones also nursing an injury. So you're saying it's all good news. Purdue uh, opened up a uh, 12 point on the uh, mobile books favorite. And now that I think about it, I had not gone back and taken I, I earmarked it last night, and I said, do I want to get in? And I said, no, I wait till today. Hear what Jeff Brom has to say and, and see who we could have in and who we could uh, have out. Don't want to jump the uh, don't want to jump the gun there too early. But I'll tell you this, the uh, current line right now in that game, 14. 14 points right now. I don't know. I feel like I would take Nebraska at this point. Plus the 14. Purdue wins. But boy, we're starting to get thin in some places. Don't like that. Uh, Golf going on right now here. The Illini Women's Invitational at Medina uh, happening. And uh, Purdue, low boiler right now. Momo Sugiyama was one under. Uh, for today, 72 on the opening round, currently on hole three. As a team, Purdue down to 12th out of 15 teams right now at even. Just a couple of strokes back from being in the top 10, but yeah, not going uh, not going too well right now over there in Illinois. As for the men, they should be doing well. They're playing camp in the day. You know how tough that is. They're currently one under in second. That's one stroke behind Tennessee 
for the opening round. The leaderboard as Herman Sekny in at two under. That's the third best score. Nel Sertani also at two under tied for third. Andrew Farrier is tied for 15th at one over. Peyton Snowberger two over plus 20. So yeah, they'll do that again uh, here tomorrow. Tennessee in first, Purdue second, Illinois State uh, five shots behind Purdue in third. So surprisingly, the uh, LSU's not doing too great. Uh, Memphis not doing too great. Arkansas not doing too, or Central Arkansas not doing too great. It's almost as if uh, people with the nice warm temperatures to play in all the time are struggling here. Hate to see it. Uh, best of luck to both golf squads. Bears drop uh, their second in a row, 29-22 to the Vikes yesterday. Justin Fields, 15-21, 2-0-8, and a touchdown. Also has eight carries for 47 yards to lead the Bears in rushing. Fields set a season high in yards, completions, completion percentage, and his quarterback rating was a 118, a season high. And uh, that is the highest since week one against San Fran in the rain when he put up an 85. So a much better game out of Fields. Bears with a quick turnaround Thursday night football against the Commanders. There you go. Real quick look at our need-to-know news for today. We'll get into sectional draws here in just a little bit. Oh, um, I, I don't want to forget about uh, sectional soccer winners. McCutcheon, a winner, taking on Carroll on the uh, boys' side. No, girls' side, sorry. Uh, McCutcheon girls uh, with a sectional championship. They take on Carroll here on Wednesday, that is in 3A. Over in the 2A bracket, congratulations to the West Lafayette girls. They pick up a W. They'll take on Hanover Central for the first round in their regional. And then down in 1A, Faith Christian, uh, with their uh, sectional title, uh, they take on Tipton. In fact, uh, boys uh, sectionals, uh, also Faith Christian, with a sectional title there. Awesome for them. Uh, over there in uh, 2A. You've got uh, West Lafayette again with a uh, sectional title. And the boys, they take on Hammond, Bishop, Knoll. And then over in the uh, 3A bracket, the Harrison boys get a W in taking on Carroll. So there you go. We're getting in that time of the season here. All right, let's shift into our best bets for tonight. KC and Vegas. Holy smokes. First off, uh, the weekend with mixed odds. The real... The real pain had to be with the the Miami bet, right? We were so locked in early on. We locked that in on, like, what, Tuesday? Wednesday we jumped on that three. Teddy covers, goes out at the beginning of the game. Oh, it's having deja vu to Naeem Hines on Thursday nights. you got to be kidding me. Well, it is what it is. Nothing you can do about that. We try to make some better judgments here this evening, and uh, we got data here. I'm going to go ahead and lean with Kansas City minus seven tonight. Couple of things on my mind with this one. Raiders defense has been horrible. At least 23 points to every opponent this year. And that includes the Cardinals. Those you're thinking, okay, Cardinals score though. How about the Broncos? Remember watch that Broncos offense Thursday night? Yeah, this Raiders defense gave up 23 to that. Think about that for a second. 
That's what my eyes tell me. That's what my common sense tells me. I'll also tell you this. Carl Chavers is the uh, referee tonight since 2016. Teams with Chafers, home teams with Chafers on the call, 61 and 40 straight up. That's 61%. They are 22 and 13 in divisional games. Home division favorites like the Chiefs minus seven are 18 and six straight up, which is 75%. But they're just 12 and 12 against the spread. Mahomes himself is six and one in the regular season with Chafers. Chafers is number two in illegal contact calls per game. Last year, number two per game in defensive pass interference. This year, every call so far, defensive holding and pass interference on the away team. Home teams are three and one straight up, two and two against the spread. I would not fault you if you wanted to play the Raiders at seven or seven and a half tonight. The Chiefs are also just seven and 18 against the spread in games started by Mahomes. When they're favored by more than three points going back to November of 2020. Ooh. Ooh. And despite that, I still want to go with Kansas City. That's tough. That's real tough. Looking for touchdown scores tonight. Travis Kelsey, three touchdowns in his last four. He's the team leader in red zone looks. Derek Carr has four INTs in his four last four games, by the way. He has an interception in seven of his last seven matchups against Kansas City. Something to keep in mind here tonight. Best of luck. I hate it, but I have to take the Chiefs at home tonight. I just don't trust that Raiders defense. That's what we're on tonight. Best of luck. I hope it works out for all of us tonight. But uh, those are the meaningful stats that I have uh, dug up for you just for today. I think the ref stuff's always telling. I know it doesn't really help us a ton here because you don't want to take the money line because it's not as great a value as taking that minus seven. Uh, maybe this is a maybe this is a teaser game for you. I'm going to be tough. I'm going to risk it. Probably going to lose, but that's okay. So that's what we got for you tonight here. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Chiefs have won nine of their last ten uh, home games. Kelsey has scored at least one touchdown in nine of his last ten appearances. Devontae Adams has at least a touchdown in four of his last five road appearances. Chiefs have covered the spread in five of their last six home games against the Raiders. And Hunter Renfro scored a touchdown in each of the Raiders' last two games uh, against the Chiefs. That was what we got for you. I also think I can keep it on the ground a little bit more. Josh Jacobs is 129 yards plus rushing in three of the Raiders' last four games against the AFC West, and he's sitting at 61 and half today. So it's like half of what he averaged against the AFC West, last three opponents. And you can get that on the over-under tonight. I think there's some juicy spots here for you this evening. Good luck. Uh, we'll keep the fingers crossed. Coming back next with Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos. We'll also take a look at these sectional matchups for you. So stick around that and more coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. 
Welcome back, Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, we're going to go over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Pat Shanley, head coach of the Jeff Broncos, on with us here. Uh, winners 42-17 to on the road last week in Marion. Coach, congratulations uh, on that. Uh, you guys are getting set to play Kokomo this week. L- let's go back to that game at Marion. Um, you know, I-, I know with the score being what it was, uh, you got able to get a lot of backups in, but uh, I-, I think your starters seem to perform pretty well with the uh, time that they had, especially Ethan Smith. Um, he, we all know his story, right? Uh, he, he wasn't able to uh, get out there for those uh, first several weeks of the season. Now, really seems like the hit of stride. 18 for 22, 360 last week and five touchdowns. Uh, every week, uh, I feel like we're seeing the improvement of him. Uh, you, you see it as well during practice and, and on the game film? Yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, you know, his preparation each and every week's been outstanding. Um, seems to be getting a little bit more confident, uh, just a little bit better feel. Uh, for our offense each and every week, each and every time he steps out on the field. Um, and, and, of course, I mean, we, we can go down the stats. I mean, Glenn Patterson does what he does. Josiah Powers, uh, 48 yards on one carry is great. Uh, you, you, I mean, just – Asa Copen had a great ball game, too. And I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, you know, an un, unsung hero, uh, you know, Chet Adams, you know, just does so many different things within our offense. He's a senior. He's got perfect attendance throughout his high school career. Great student. Great in the weight room. And um, he had two – uh, outstanding touchdown blocks on the night, uh, and one of them sprung Asa for a long, long reception. So you know it. Uh, you know again, he's a kid that doesn't often show up in the stat line. Um, you know in terms of of, of receptions and productions, but uh, but the young man just does a great job within our offense and, and helps us be very very multiple in the things that we do. And I, and I know this is the last week of the regular season here, getting in Kokomo, but. You know, with the draw happening yesterday at sectionals, obviously there's one eye uh, sometimes on uh, the postseason here. Where are you at as a team right now? Is Are you hitting the stride here? Do you feel good about where you're at? Is there still some things that you really, I mean, obviously there's always a little bit, of, a few things that you want to work on, though. But, I mean, where are you guys at right now as a team and how good do you feel about it? Well, you know, we got some guys banged up. Uh, we held some guys out more precautionary against Marion. Um you know, that uh, we hope to get back this week. But, you know, we, we um, you know, again, Jared, has kind of been the theme all year. We're just really trying to live in the moment and, and be at our best today. So, you know, we'll discuss tonight after practice the draw. Um, but uh, we've got a good football team that, that's trying to fight for an NCC championship this week, and, and uh, we want to beat them. So, um, you know, Kokomo's got our full attention. Uh, we've got a, got a lot of things um, that, that we really got to hone on in, in order to uh, to be successful against these guys on Friday night. So, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about the draw tonight, uh, and then we'll kind of get right back to focusing on our opponent this week. What is it about Kokomo at uh, eight? No, you know they've uh, it just defensively. You're lucky to get double digits uh, on them. But what is it about the Wildcats that uh, make them so good when you watch them on film? Well, they're a senior-laden team. They've got eight seniors on defense. Um, they've got eight returning starters on defense. Offensively, they've got a, a young man that's played a lot of football, a quarterback um, who, who's. Just a really, really good player, knows their system, and then executes it really well. They're big up front on the O-line. They've got three guys, I believe, that uh, are top five or six in the conference in rushing. So, um, you know, they, they just do what they do, and they do it really well. They're really sound on special teams. It's, uh, it's a senior lane group. I know Coach Colby has, uh, you know, they, they think they can make a deep run um, in the playoffs this year, and I wouldn't put it past them. So um, it, it's exciting to be able to play this caliber, uh, caliber of an opponent week nine. 
Yeah, that's something that the uh, with the jumble up here really helped you guys out because you were coming down a stretch here and weren't really getting tested before uh, sectionals. So uh, now you get uh, this nice little litmus test right before you uh, go in here. I, I think it's perfect to get it in week nine, Coach, because um, if your players aren't focused, I, this is a great last second, like, hey, you better get it together here because it, it's win or go home starting next week. Uh, it's nice on the setup for you this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's – it's a great team. It's a great opponent. Um, we want to be playing our best football this time of year. So, you know, what a measuring stick to see if uh, if we're doing that. Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos, again, they're taking on Kokomo on Friday night. Last game of the regular season. The NCC still up for grabs technically here. And uh, with a win, they can get themselves a uh, share of that possibly if a few other things break their way. Uh, but uh, a tremendous season on tap here for the Jeff Broncos. And uh, one more test this Friday night. Coach, best of luck. I hope those banged-up guys are uh, healing up here, and I'm very excited for a sectional run out of you guys. Hey, thanks, Jared. Appreciate all you do for us. Want to thank Coach there. Um, I mean, we're, we're at the end of the season here to where you know the score here. You, you know who these teams are. They have shown you uh, over the last uh, eight weeks, and uh, they'll play one more this week. Of course, uh, Jeff not used to playing um that last week a, a meaningful game it's um you know it's a little bit of a change but it was a change that quite frankly they needed um it's a change that's going to make them a better team going like like they did the last couple of years okay um look at last year this is this is how they finished up Marion Richmond Logansport, Muncie Central. I mean, we're already talking, what, three of the bottom four teams in the conference right there? I mean, that's what they were looking at. Hey, Richmond is just, they're always there. They're, they're always bad. Logansport is mediocre at best, but usually not on par, par with Jeff. Oh, Muncie Central's had kind of bad runs here. They've not been good. One, two, I, it wasn't doing them any, they weren't getting that test in October like they should be. And here they do this kind of like one last tune-up before they hit sectionals. And Jeff, you know, they'll take on Lake Central. They have beaten Lake Central, what, last two years? Outscoring them 99-13? to 13? To end uh, their sectional run, it's that second game that has eluded Jeff. And this year will be against Crown Point, more than likely. Crown Point probably smokes Portage. Now, the Saggers will tell you that uh, Crown Point definitely is the front runner here. And I, and, and I get that. That makes all the sense of the world. I don't think that the gap is so massive that Jeff can't compete and give itself a chance to win. Crown Point has faced better competition. They've got some impressive wins. Not like they're beating up on powder puffs. They only play two 6A teams all season. But good wins against Merrillville, who I believe is number one in 5A right now. Um, a good win. Uh, Valparaiso is the top 10 team in 5A. So it's not as if they're playing absolutely nobody. I mean, they'll play Michigan City this week. That's not going to be good for them. But there is a chance for Jeff there to get 
uh, to that regional for the first time in 20 years. The community wants it so badly. The team wants it so badly. Coach Pat Shanley wants it so badly. Not going to talk about it this week. That's going to be the storyline going into it next week. Can they finally get out and play in a regional for the first time in 20 years? No more Carmel, no more Merrillville there to spoil things in the opening round. But they are going to have to get through a tough crown point team. Meanwhile, down there in 5A, you know, McCutcheon and Harrison, they sit in the uh, same sectional again. It's probably always going to be like that. Um, it's great for the community when they get to play each other. I dig that. Um, I don't know. I'm sure eventually they'd like to get out of each other's sectionals and just you know, try something new. But that's exactly where Decatur and Plainfield are at right now. They've been in the same sectional, it seems like, forever. And they're sick and tired of losing to Cathedral. Like I did the numbers on this. Plainfield, in the last 13 years, uh, 11 of the last 13 years has lost to either Decatur Central, Ron Colley, or Cathedral. It's those three teams constantly. And now they got rid of two of them. They still have to hang around with Decatur Central. Decatur Central Plainfield, the Irish have eliminated one or both of those teams in each of the last five sectionals. And what do they get to do? They still get to get eliminated by a uh, Coach Peebles run team, right? Because <laughs> Terry's brother Bill's the coach at Cathedral. Uh, I like Harrison. It sets up great for Harrison, this draw. I don't know what to expect out of McCutcheon. That was such a huge win for them Friday night and getting that to the running clock. That's a new level of confidence. If they can do that again this week against uh, Muncie Central, right? They do that again this week. I I have a little bit of confidence that they can give maybe Decatur Central a game there for a while. I don't know that they will ultimately come out with it. But at least I I have some renewed optimism in them if that's going to be the thing. This is Harrison's to lose. They've they'll host Plainfield. They've already beaten Plainfield. They're a better team than when they played Plainfield in week two. And then they'll get a chance to probably host Decatur Central on top of that. They get the benefit. Great draw for Harrison. This really sets up the whole thing sets up well for Harrison. Because after they get this, you're looking at a matchup between a Franklin or a Whiteland, who are both very, they're good teams. They're top 10 teams. All you got to do is go down the south side of Indianapolis. It's not bad. And if that's the case, then you got a good shot at hosting a semi-state game. You could be hosting a semi-state game. I'm not going to look too far down the line here, though, but Harrison in a solid position, I thought. West Lafayette, you know, you wanted to get out of that old sectional that had like three of the top six teams or whatever in the state all playing each other. This one's not too bad. It's not the best draw. You hate to, I mean, they'll beat Twin Lakes next week. They've already done that in convincing fashion. You hate to blow a home game on that. You'd like to do that one on the road maybe. You have to turn around then and take on either Calumet or Boone Grove. It's going to be Calumet. But the real the real challenge here will be Hanover Central. And um, 
The thing with Hanover Central, though, is they have the weakest, uh, second weakest schedule, I think, in that whole sectional. It's like 250-something. West Lafayette's played tougher competition. I like them to beat Hanover Central. I think they'll do that. I'm interested to see if the Bombers can give Hanover Central a little bit of a game. I don't know if they will. Griffith and River Forest is inconsequential unless Hanover Central loses. But this is West Lafayette's here. We'll see if number six makes it all the way to the finals against West Lafayette. There's nothing in the regional. No ranked opponents in West Lafayette's regional. Semi-state. That's the real challenge here for them. Either number three, Norwell, or number four, Oak Hill, most likely. We'll see how that shakes out. Not bad for Westside here. It's a little bit harder to project out whether you're doing road trips here uh, when you're talking three-game, you know, to win a sectional as opposed to two. And then you got Central Catholic, who I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. And they're gonna beat Winnemac. Then they'll take on Cass at home. They'll get back to back home games, get Cass at home. Now, Lewis Cass. Great start to the season. They were ranked. And what have they done lately? They've lost what five straight or three straight? And CC is the best team here, followed by Rochester. Sagarin would have you believe that that CC Rochester matchup's a little bit closer than you would think. But everybody else that's in there, you know, Seeger, Winnemac, Delphi, Benton Central, um, not uh, that doesn't scare CC in the least. Not that I think Lewis Cass or Rochester should at all. But you would hope this would have set up just a little bit better for CC. I think it sets up great for uh, Benton Central. Shout out to Benton Central. They're looking to get uh, to four wins, the first time since 2012, and a chance to win their first sectional game now since 2014. They'll take on a Delphi team they've already beat this season, way, way, way back at the beginning of the season, but they already got that W. I'd love to see them get you know, the one there. Now they win that one. I, I just, I, I don't think they're going to get Rochester. Um, I mean, if for some reason Seeger upset them, I give them a shot to win a second one, maybe. But it looks like the Rochester Zebras and, and CC they're in the finals. Feel pretty confident. I, I feel pretty darn confident. Jeff is playing in a sectional final. I feel pretty darn confident that Harrison is going to win a sectional. I feel pretty darn confident West Lafayette, as long as the the injury bug slows down for a minute, wins sectional 25. And I feel pretty confident that CC is going to be able to go ahead and win sectional 34. I like our, honestly, I like our teams this year. I really, really do. Regionals get a little dicey. We've got to see what, how this sets up for um, who's away, who's at home. But I like these setups here for teams. I, I just like our teams locally. I, I really, really do. 
We'll see how it plays out, though. That's my sectional preview. If you want to go back and take a look at that, uh, we do have a post up at 1017thehammer.com and uh, pictures, because it's easier to follow along with, uh, more detailed breakdowns of these sectionals as well. You can go and check it out. We're going to take another pause. Come right back. you got more Hammer Down Show next on... Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. The Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead text line is always open for you to text in your question, 765-447-4080. Phil, hit me up here. Uh, I have a question. Why is Harrison and McCutcheon in a lower class than Jefferson? It's not that much bigger than them. You're right. It's it's not that big of a difference, but uh, there is a line there that they have to draw to, to keep everything you know even and um, Harrison's like right there. I think Harrison might be the next school that would get a bump up there if they had to, to move it. And of course, uh, you have other things that get involved with success factors. So, you know, some 5A teams do get bumped up depending on their uh, success factor. So, I mean, it's right there. And, uh, the next time they do this in a couple of years, I mean, it may, it may very well be Harrison McCutcheon or both teams. Uh, making it up into the uh, 6A class. But that's the way that it is right now. Um, and uh, this has got to be one of Harrison's best chances, I think, since I've been here in, geez, what, almost 19 years now, something like that. Uh, best chance they've had uh, to make a deep run. And uh, I'm excited to see what they're able to do with that. All right, um, Bears last night. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a dramatic end to that game. It looks like Justin Fields making a great march down the field here. There's the completion. Receiver doesn't get out of bounds. Instead, gives it up. Vikings get away with the W. You know, we all kind of joked around last week at Luke Getze's expense when he said Justin Fields didn't have a bad first month, even though you looked at all the stats. Uh, I'm looking at his over-unders in Vegas and saying, please tell me where this is good. But you got to hand it to him. I, he said he saw these improvements. It was happening. We all said, okay, whatever. Well, he looked good, didn't he? I, I rattled off these stats at the top of the show. It was a, a season high in um, passing yards, completions, completion percentage. His quarterback rating was light years ahead of where it was from week one, which was his second highest. And he looked a little bit more patient in the pocket, didn't he? I know he had the eight scrambles in the 40-some-odd yards, but at the same time, he was starting to look a little bit more mature. Like, he's getting there. I said this at the top of the, uh, at the, top of the season. With him, you got to think of him as a, a rookie quarterback all over again. Tainted by the old regime who clearly did not know how to work with him, clearly didn't know how to um, maximize his skills and his skill set, because he looks so uncomfortable out there at times. Now you bring Eberflus in in a, in a new regime, and you kind of have to treat him like a rookie all over again. He's learning a whole new offense that with stuff that's probably got hammered out of him from his Ohio State days. Trying to get him more comfortable again, you have to treat him like a, like a rookie all over. They don't fumble that football. Maybe we're talking about him leading that two-minute uh, drill 
and eventually getting Chicago the win. There seems to be just, uh, with the Bears Twitter and stuff, a a little bit of impatience with him um, at at this point in his career. And I, I understand the losses are frustrating. You don't want to lose the Packers. You don't want to lose the Vikings. Your only wins are to a 49ers team that was run by Trey Lance and the Texans, who are some of the most it's the most reliable team outside of the Colts for unders. But I feel like I mean, now I'm on the Justin Fields bandwagon here just a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to you know lead you into the playoffs this year. I don't see it happening at this point. Something drastic is going to have to change, and a couple other playmakers are going to have to emerge. You look at what's coming up here. You can definitely win on Thursday night at home against the Commanders. That is a game that you can compete in, and you can win. So I think Carson Wentz is starting to hear it now, and when he starts to hear it, it's like the coyote off the cliff. And then you're just waiting for that smack at the bottom. But you can compete in that one. You give yourself the extra time to prepare for the Patriots. On, uh, is that Sunday or Monday night football on the 24th? It's ESPN, so it's Monday night football. Get that extra rest. Cowboys look pretty hot right now. That's a tough road game. Dolphins got a ton of speed. You get them at home early November. You just hope that it's a very inhospitable Chicago day on the 6th. Lions are the top scoring team in the uh, NFL. Home against them. Falcons refuse to not cover. That scares me. On the road in Atlanta. Jets look like they've got some good stuff happening in the run game. Back at home against the Packers to start out December. Eagles are hot. Bills finish up with the Lions and Vikings. I mean, there's just not... There's Outside of the Commanders, Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins... Two against the Lions, Falcons, Jets, Packers, Eagles, Bills. How many of those games you figure they're going to be a favorite in? Maybe the two Lions ones if you're lucky. Maybe. That's not a great schedule for the Bears to wrap up here. It's just not. But if I can continue to watch and see the improvement week over week at Justin Fields... I feel like Bears fans, you should start to see that as a win. You know it's not happening this year. But if you can start to see some positives with Justin Fields, maybe that tracks a good free agent wide receiver. Maybe you find another one uh, in the draft, and you're able to start giving him some weapons. All of a sudden, you can have yourself a great offense in Chicago. But Justin Fields has to continue to develop. That should be the most important thing as a Bears fan for you to be watching because I really don't think the playoffs are happening. It just seems like a long shot to me, especially with the rest of that schedule. So you have to find the wins here, and you have to start thinking about the future. If Justin Fields continues to develop into a threat, it will attract more offensive pieces and you're going to be better long-term. Unfortunately, you're just going to have to sit back and eat this year. 
But hopefully he gets more in like the 250 range on average and we get done with the sub-200 stuff. That would be great to see uh, over the next four weeks here. If he can continue to increase that offensive yardage output, thumbs up, man. We'll take those victories. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Boilermakers releasing new men's basketball uniforms. I got thoughts and more as we wrap up the Hammer Down Show next on 101. Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Thanks for being a part of my Monday. I do appreciate this. Uh, let's go ahead to the uh, odds and ends of things that we may have missed there, things we haven't gotten a chance to discuss. Uh, Boilermaker Basketball releasing these uh, new uniforms here. It's taken me a little bit. Uh, most people seem to be jumping on this and telling me that it's uh, it's fire. That's how the kids describe things these days. Um yeah, sure. I believe there's some more coming. Like, I think there's the alternates and golds could be coming. But I look at these and I say, I, I don't know if I was expecting something like big and grandiose. Maybe that's on me. But I look at them and I was like, eh, they're fine. And I think it took me a couple of minutes to really like process it. I think I just built it up a little bit too much in my head. Uh, they're good. I mean, it's a little of a modern update. I like the, I think I like the white, the, the, the white roads better than I do the home blacks, but they all look good. Nice thing is they're not like so ugly where you're like, oh my gosh, never wear these again. And then you're stuck with them for like four or five years. I think it's fine. I'm not blown away. Um, but I don't exactly hate these ones. They're solid. Okay? That's my stance on it. I, I wish... I I don't know. I, I They'll grow on me. I know that. They'll definitely grow on me, and like in a week I'll be like, you know what, they're actually pretty nice. Uh, other odds and ends that we missed this week, um, you know, tomorrow uh, we do have NHL hockey. Like, actual regular season NHL hockey. I'm excited. Now, uh, I'm sorry, it's Wednesday is when uh, the Blackhawks are finally back at it. 9.30, opening up in Colorado. Ugh, it's not going to be great. But the NHL was in Prague over the weekend for a couple of games. And uh, Dominic Hasek, who, you know, over there, in the, he, he owns... Teams of the Czech Republic. I kind of had this to say on Twitter. During the two NHL games that were played in Prague, the leadership of the NHL did not respect the position uh, of, I believe it's their uh, organization, that Russian players uh, should not play until current leaders of the NHL resign and the uh, new apologize to our country. The NHL is no longer welcome in the Czech Republic. I don't know how official that is. But I think we've covered this before. I've covered this before. I think it's, um, I think it's unfair. I know there's this war going on, and I understand all that. But there, a large amount of these guys, Russian players, don't have anything to do with that, and and that's a whole different situation unto itself. 
I, I know there's probably players that are afraid to speak up because they still have family and, and things of that nature back there. But to not allow them to even play seems a, a little ridiculous, especially here in America. I'm glad they don't do that. I'm surprised the Czech Republic would take such a harsh stance if that is going to be their stance and not allowing the NHL to come over. Uh, that just seems like a win for the country and for them and expanding the game. I just hope this whole thing gets resolved sooner rather than later. But one thing we can all agree on, it's not going to be the Blackhawks here. <laughs> all right. I uh, want to thank Coach uh, Pat Shanley for being on with us here today. They take on Kokomo on Friday, last regular season football game of the year for uh, the Broncos before they take the week off. And then they open up sectionals against Lake Central. If you want to get a good breakdown of your five local teams in their sectionals, Go to 1017thehammer.com. We'll, uh, we, we have a nice little rundown there for you. Everybody's sectionals, what to expect, the storylines, all that good stuff. Don't forget, you always go back and listen to this show. Uh, we always post this up at uh, 1017thehammer.com, the 1017thehammer Twitter account, uh, Facebook account. It's on our mobile app. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Audible, all that stuff. So you can go back and listen to Coach Shanley and uh, whatever you like. All right, that's going to do it for us today on the Hammer Down Show. Tune in tomorrow. Coach Terry Peebles scheduled to be our guest from the Harrison Raiders and more. We'll do that. Plus, it's a Big Ten Media Day for Purdue. So we got lots to talk about tomorrow.